Hello, it's Alex from Remote Work Life. I hope this finds you well, wherever you may be. And it's the time of year for me when I'm starting to think about holidays. I'm starting to think about travel. And that's probably because you, you tend to see a lot of adverts pop up on places like YouTube and Google and on TV and wherever it is. You tend to see the travel companies, the airlines talking about travel and putting this, all those sort of images in your mind to get you thinking about travel and starting to get you to book your travel destinations. But for me, it's more than that. Um, living in some, living somewhere like London, it's where you've got the hustle and bustle and the busy traffic and the noise and the pollution, all this sort of thing. And I've got kids. You You think about, quite often, or at least I do anyway, I think about where else could we go? What, what else could we be doing? What, what other destinations are there? I've been in London for a long time. I used to travel around a lot more. I guess I used to be a bit more of a, had a bit more of a nomadic lifestyle, although I was with it, traveling within the UK, not necessarily internationally. But since I've had children, I've, I've, I've been a bit more settled, um, more sedentary, I guess you could say more work from home, work from co-working spaces. But as you get old and you see your children playing and especially somewhere like the UK where the weather's cold, where there aren't as many opportunities to go out and play for the kids or the weather's not conducive to to going out as much and there's all these different kinds of things and the, the dark nights, etc. You've got quite young children. You may not think about these sorts of things as much but if you if you're in a sort of a different climate maybe or yeah so that those these are all thoughts that have just started to sort of enter my mind and my children now of an age where we've done a little bit of traveling we've done a little bit of um holiday traveling where we've me and my wife we've um we've worked wherever we've been so hotels or wherever it is airbnbs etc but yeah, I, I'd love to do travel a lot more, I think. And it's it's kind of inspired me to start to, to make to make a list of different places that are not just a, a, a welcoming, but are sort of conducive to remote workers and are conducive to that, that whole lifestyle. Not necessarily digital nobag, because I'm as I said, I'm not I'm not a digital nobad by any stretch of the imagination, but the, the digital nomad um, wave is definitely still there. It's, 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 I don't know if it's at its peak, but it's definitely something that, uh, countries and cities are trying to tap into. And it takes me back to a conversation that I had with Sandra Rausch of safety wing, where we have having this conversation. He was saying to me that countries and cities are going to start to compete for digital nomads, remote workers, that and that this was at the height of the pandemic or at least was it the height it was at the no it wasn't the height it was at the sort of the the entry point i guess of the pandemic but even at that point um it was apparent that countries were gearing up to to attract digital nomads and like i said i've made a list of different different countries and I'm sort of embarking upon some research at the moment where I'm looking into these different countries. And these are countries not just within Europe, but 
countries, not Asia, yes, considering Asia, considering North America, South America, uh, Caribbean islands as well. You don't he often hear uh, some of the Caribbean islands mentioned in terms of uh, digital nomadism or remote work, but nonetheless, I'm doing my research and there's lots of different aspects, as you can probably imagine, that you want to look into um, when you're doing your research for a place where you can live and, and work. And I mean, when I say live and work, I mean just on a short-term basis. I think one of the things at the top of my list is um, obviously safety and all that sort of thing is 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 important. But internet speed, that's, that's one big thing because obviously without internet, literally it all kind of grinds to a halt. So yeah, I'm just putting together a rough list. And if you've got any ideas as well, please reach out to me. Um, in fact, even better, if you've actually visited some of the countries that I'm going to be, I suppose, highlighting, because I'm going to do one country each week, um, in, in the, I'm going to feature one country each week, and it may be every, every other week. It depends if, you know, if I can get us some sort of cadence, some sort of rhythm into this whole thing, because this is quite, something quite different for the podcast, and I thought that my research might be able to help you if you're also in the sort of thought process of holidays and planning and, you know, researching different destinations for yourself, for your family as well. I think because, again, um, when I talk, when I mentioned safety just now, something that's fam family friendly, well, at least at the very least is, yeah, every family person wants their, every mom, every dad every carer, every sort of caregiver wants to be, wants to know that they are safe wherever they travel. And especially when you've got kids, because you, you kind of, I, I don't know about you, but as a father, I'm probably pretty overprotective of my kids. But yes, I digress slightly. But um, what I want to do in today's episode is, because um, part of my research, I've, I've identified a few things I've identified top of my list at the moment, not necessarily for any particular reason, but Georgia was one of the countries that has come to light in my research. And Georgia seems to be, again, one of those countries, back to what I was saying about Sandra, is that one of those countries that is openly trying to attract uh, digital nomads, remote workers, why do I say that? Well, I say that because they have introduced, um, as of December 2023, um, let's have a look. They've, uh, in fact, let's see, there, there's a website that I'm looking at. This is why I'm kind of hesitating. But it's called uh, visaguide.world. And this, is, this has like a, a bit of a summary in terms of, what Georgia has to offer and in fact I got my I got my years wrong because it's not 2023 but in 2020 again back when we we're having the conversation with Roush so sorry Sandra of um, Safety Wing um, Georgia introduced their digital nomad visa called remotely from Georgia so I, I, I don't know actually if this is still again you may be able to tell me if you've been there or sort of um, <clears throat> are 
planning to go there yourself or been there yourself. They introduced that back in 2020 um, called the Remotely from Georgia visa. And at the time that they introduced it, again, I'm going to have to dig deeper into this, but, and again, this is this, the idea of this show is just to give you some ideas and as well as myself as well give you a starting point for your for your own research because i'm not going to dig too deeply but um in looking at this this particular article um it it basically what they've said what they're saying the idea of this remotely from georgia visa is it provides an opportunity for long-term stays so six months and up to a year which uh, if if it's still apparent if it's still still the case then that's that's really good and that would suit my purposes because I wouldn't plan to stay that long um I wouldn't plan to stay that long in fact I probably wouldn't even need necess- I, I don't know would I need a a work visa while I'm staying there? I wonder um again if you're a visa expert and you want to come on the show <laughs> you want to talk about visas and visa applications and all that sort of thing the ins and outs of travel um, then I would welcome you on the show to kind of demystify some of the things that I am talking about because lots of this doesn't necessarily um, it's not it's not my wheelhouse this is not my wheelhouse at all as I said this is just me openly riffing and sharing my thoughts on what I can see um, on this page here of this particular website so according to the website as well um, so there's a few things there's a few things I've picked out uh, in fact, there's, let's see, there's about 10 things that I've picked out which which um, which make it, make this uh, article appealing and make the whole idea of going to Georgia appealing. So the vi- I've talked about the digital nomad visa, the fact that they're trying to openly attract people like me who want to work remotely. So that's, that's a good starting point. Number two on this list, um, the visa application process, if it applies to me. Um, I don't know if it does because I, I don't think I'll be staying for six months. It would be lovely if we could, but don't think we will be. Um, but again, I haven't made my decision yet. So the visa application process is simple. Love to hear that. And can be completed online, even better. Um, I'd be surprised if they had a, had a paper-based system in place. So it can be completed online with a processing time of 10 business days superb so that's that's another advantage definitely you don't want processes that take too long even though i guess some i've come across others that take less i've come across some that take more but yeah we can live with 10 days especially as we're not thinking immediately about going anywhere um what else there are no application fees so um it's always good not to have to shell out any money for this sort of thing given that we're thinking about going there to spend money anyway so no application fees are required for obtaining a Georgia Digital Nomad visa. So that's number two. The application process sounds pretty good to me. And number three, visa entry, visa free entry. So, um, okay, so another thing that kind of answers the question that I perhaps asked earlier on is that Georgia allows citizens from 95 countries to enter visa-free and stay for up to 365 days, providing flexibility for digital nomads. And again, this particular article that I've got, which probably I should link to in the in the sort of show notes, 
gives a whole list of the different countries that that this applies to. So Australia, Botswana, Lithuania, Ukraine, Antigua and Barbuda, Bahrain, um, Estonia, Finland, Andorra, Slovenia. Yeah, the list goes, I'm not going to read every single one of the the 95 different countries. And obviously I'm looking for the UK and it is there. So that would be a good point for me. There's Germany, there's St. Vincent and the Grenadines, Bulgaria, Ecuador, Japan, um, Portugal, Norway, Monaco, Luxembourg, Costa Rica, Kuwait. So countries from literally every continent, they're, they're very liberal and very, when I say they, um, George is very open to welcoming people by the sounds of it, which is sounds very good. So, yeah, so Georgia allows citizens from 95 countries to enter visa-free and stay for up to 365 days, providing flexibility. That's that's great. So that's number three on the list. Number four on the list, the tax benefits. So what it's, again, I don't know if this applies to me, how it applies to me, um, as somebody who wants to potentially, potentially stay in the country for a period of time, not necessarily six months to a year. But let's see, tax benefits. Until the un, until the 183rd day of stay, uh, digital nomads in Georgia are not required to pay taxes. After 183 days, the income tax is approximately 20%. So that's in itself is attractive. But again, I'm not an expert on this area of the tax, etc. And I... I'm not sure how up-to-date this information is. So again, this is something that you should research yourself. There's the stuff that I'm giving here, let me just say this is not is not necessarily advice. It's just me opening up and, um, I guess, sharing some of my thoughts with you. So on anything I say today, please seek your own independent advice and do your own research. And don't say that uh, Alex from remote work life told me so because yeah as i said i'm not an expert in any of these these aspects whether it comes to the visa whether it comes to travel etc this is me just sharing information that i've found on the internet so in terms of the tax benefits the individual entrepreneur scheme allows digital nomads to pay only one percent on their first hundred fifty five thousand dollars of income uh, providing a favorable tax scheme Again, yep, seeking, you need to seek your advice on that. I don't know how favourable that is because I haven't compared it to any other country. Again, it, I've just really started the research here and um, it, I'm not necessarily saying that I am going to go to Georgia, but it's just something that, um, as I said, it's on my list. So number five, bank account accessibility. Until, uh, sorry, unlike some countries, Georgia allows digital nomads to open a bank account upon arrival simplifying financial transactions and enhancing the overall experience that's really good because yeah um as much as there's contactless payments we all need i think some form of some method of um you know um saving storing the money that we we um we get whether it's uh physical dollars or um some sort of virtual currency we need bank accounts i don't know how um, how open, obviously, these banks are to, you know, the, the decentralized currencies. We we don't know, but then um, again, it's something to research, something for you to research, something for me to research. So yeah, 
bank accessibility, if that is the case, as they put it here, you know, that you can open up a bank account upon arrival, that's it's pretty good, it's pretty handy. What else do we have? So, affordable living costs. Now, this is subjective because, you know, what's affordable to one person is not to another. But it says here, the cost of living in Georgia, and I don't really understand what this means, but is $698. I think I need to look at that bit more is that the monthly cost of living again something i need to do a bit more research on because it yeah it's always good to to know in advance what the cost of living may be and then in that way you can then compare it to where you are currently and see if it adds up see if it stacks up but yeah that doesn't really make sense to me um maybe yeah i think that needs clearing up i think that needs to be looked into by me by you so the cost of living and if you do know if you've been to georgia if you understand the cost of living as compares to somewhere like london for example or the other big cities in the world then yeah get in touch hit me up on linkedin what else internet speed that's that's a good one that's near the top of my list as well so what it says here this is number seven on the list by the way Georgia offers a good internet speed of three, sorry, 30.28 megabits per second, ensuring reliable connectivity for remote work. Now, that's okay. That's, that's all right. I mean, again, somewhere like London, you know, it's, you're probably expecting around the 60 plus in ter- you know in terms of the, some of the more connected areas i know you know some some of these internet companies they'll say one thing you don't necessarily get what you pay for but it's a little bit better than 30.28 but you know it's something that you can you can live with um i mean for me if again if i was going somewhere like georgia for a a short stay yeah, you, I could live with that for a while, and if it meant I had to take some sort of mo- some sort of mobile internet to tether my computer, um, then I would I would do that. But yeah, something to consider. And I think as I build, maybe what I'll do is I'll continue with these comparisons, um, and then well, continue with these sort of overviews of these different countries, and what that then does it helps me to build like sort of comparisons of the different the different um, facets, the different sort of features of each country. So internet speed, that was internet speed, that's number seven. Something, yeah, number eight on the list, um, and something I was touching on before, yet living in a you know much metropolitan area like London, especially if you're living right in the centre, it's cars, it's traffic, it's road, it's concrete, it's noise pollution, it's light pollution, it's all those different sorts of things you don't often get to see the natural side of London unless you really go out and look for it. There are different, definitely different places you can go, but you have to travel to, to get to it. You have to travel through lots of traffic to get there. So number eight on the list is natural beauty and culture. So what it says here, Georgia boasts beautiful landscapes, including mountains and beaches, lovely, um, offering opportunities for activities like hiking and skiing. The country is described as beautiful and welcoming with excellent food and the oldest wine. So 
there's a lot there to be um, optimistic about when it comes to Georgia. Again, this is just information I've got off the internet. If you know about Georgia, as I said before, and you've been to Georgia, let me know. If you're from Georgia, if you're listening from Georgia, and you can sort of corroborate all these different, um, inverted commas, facts that I'm putting away, then get in touch. So natural beauty, that's number eight. Number nine. So um, let's see, eligibility criteria. I think I've covered that. So I mentioned, yeah, 95 countries. So yeah, I've already covered that. And that's kind of... Um, that's definitely a positive, the fact that Georgia is open to so many different um, so many different countries and citizens of different countries that it's really good. Sorry for, for the background noise there. Um, it's open to citizens of different countries and they're eligible to apply for the Georgia um, Digital Nomad Visa. So that's number nine on the list. And then um, let's have a look. Application requirements. So the application requirements... Essentially, what they're saying is clear information on required documents for the application process, valid passport, proof of business or employment, medical insurance. You probably need to have that. And I think in some of these longer term processes, one thing I've learned is that medical insurance is something that you're going to need to think about getting or, or get in advance. So, again, do your research to, to see which suits your circumstances best again i i mentioned safety wing at the top of the show have a look at safety wing um there are many other different uh, uh medical insurance companies but yeah safety wing is one that is known pretty well in the community of remote workers and digital nomads so that you know it's good to have something that's good to work with a company that knows digital nomads and is kind of is, is, has been there and has done that in terms of supporting digital nomads so yeah um but yeah that's that's it for my list for today in terms of um you know a country that is on my list to do some more research maybe i'll once i've got a bit more information i'll i'll share a bit more as i get it but yeah um if you're considering traveling please um as i said get in touch on linkedin let me know where you're thinking about and th- let me know what research you've done. And if you're a visa expert, if you know about these different countries, if you've been to these different countries, if you live in these different countries, always open to hear from you. But that's that's it for today from me, from the Remote Work Life Podcast. Listen out for the next episode and I will catch you on the next episode. All the best.